Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. It is Chris Carlin. It is Joe Fortenbaugh in for Greeny on ESPN Radio with all the storylines you need to be watching on Sunday. And it is all for me about the Rams defensive line. So much has been talked about with it, but justifiably so. We are presented by our good friends at Progressive Insurance. In just a little while, we're going to dive in to all of the prop bets. And we want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 on what prop bets you love, you will be playing this weekend. Mr. Fortenbaugh, Mr. Vegas, we call him Johnny Vegas, even though his name's Joe. He is going to give us all of your winning prop bets in just a little bit. But Joe, to, to me, this is all about... Aaron Donald, this is all about the defensive line. It is all about Von Miller. It is all about what the Rams are capable of up front. And I have just been absolutely blown away by Joe Burrow's ability to do what he has done, despite the fact that he has been sacked, what, 59 times this year? It's been absolutely absurd. Nine times against the Tennessee Titans, and he is... Someone that has appeared unflappable. How long can that continue? And can it continue in the biggest game of Joe Burrow's life? I'm skeptical. How big is the game plan? Because we had the discussion coming off the Tennessee game. Yeah, the Bengals won, but they gave up nine sacks, and that's going to be a problem at Arrowhead. Eh, It was a little bit, but Burrow still threw for 250 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, and won the game. Huge second half. Made all the plays that were necessary in overtime as well. They've had two weeks to get ready. If we know that's a problem, they know that's a problem. The Rams are going to try to attack them there. But the one thing you have to remember is that if you look at the games where the Rams have struggled, three of which came against the Niners. And let's be honest, they did win the third game against the Niners. They deserve to win the third game against the Niners. But the Niners gave them all they could handle and had a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Okay, the Niners could have won that game. The Niners have a blueprint for how you hurt the Rams. And a lot of it is that short to intermediate passing over the middle of the field. Uzama, the tight end from Cincinnati, if he's healthy and he's good to go, could have a big game. If you are Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to study that San Francisco game tape like none other to see what Kyle Shanahan was doing to this defense and how he's had so much success against Sean McVay for such a prolonged period of time. Again, the Rams did win the NFC Championship game, but prior to that, Shanahan had won six straight against Sean McVay, five of which came from the underdog position. So get the ball out of Burrow's hands in a hurry. Get it over the middle of the field. For all the criticism Garoppolo takes, for the most part, he played against the Rams quite well this season. And I also look at what the Rams do in the secondary. And we all criticize, well, not criticize, but we all looked at it skeptically when you're bringing in Eric Weddle, who is two years removed from being on the field. But he has come in and done exactly what they needed. I think the Rams' defensive game plan has been somewhat overlooked in how well they have handled themselves uh, down the stretch in, in some of these games to help get them to this point. Yes, listen, Jimmy Garoppolo was not like beating John, Joe Montana in his day. Okay, but at the same time, they did what they needed to do in that game. They stopped the run. They did enough, enough in what they needed to do in that game. They did. When it comes to Cincinnati, the the, the big discrepancy in this game for me 
is that Cincinnati is going to enter the Super Bowl facing the toughest defensive challenge they have faced all year. Not all postseason, all year. All right, you can use any metric you want. Football Outsiders DVOA metric is an excellent mark for defensive efficiency. And that Rams ranked number five in that category this season. The Bengals have faced no one to that caliber. Anytime they have faced an opponent who is ranked in the top 10 in that metric, San Francisco lost and failed to cover. Green Bay lost and failed to cover. Kansas City won and covered, but I think we'd all agree that Kansas City's defense is not on the level of the Rams defense. This is a big step up for Cincinnati. Conversely, Chris Carlin, the Rams, take a look at what they went through to get here and what they're facing with Cincinnati. They had to go to Tampa Bay and face one of the top rushing defenses in the NFL. That Tampa defense is legit. We saw what they did to Mahomes last season. The following week, they had to host a San Francisco team that has limited them at every single turn, had beaten them in six straight, and they found a way to get past them. You take on the Bengals, that's a step down in the Super Bowl. Huge edge in terms of defensive matchups in this Super Bowl between what the Rams are facing and what the Bengals are facing. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Call or click today. I think we do have to credit Sean McVay for sticking with Cam Akers. It would have been easy to get away from him after the fumbles. It really would have been. And you have Sony Michelle, who is more than a capable backup. And I would have bet that Michelle, after what happened in Tampa with Akers, would have gotten a heavier look after that. But Akers still got more than his share of the carries. It was a little bit more split up, but 13 carries for 48 yards in the NFC Championship game, whereas it's 10 for Michelle, I would have thought that it might have gone in Michelle's favor after you cough it up twice. One thing you got to do is go back and look at the tape from the NFC Championship game. Akers was running well. People look at the final box score There was score explosion and say, in him. There was explosion. There was, especially in the first half. You see, people look at this, and a lot of people like the under on his rushing prop in the Super Bowl. It's 63 and a half. And the first piece of analysis is always, well, he hasn't topped this number in any of the three playoff games. That's the type of thing that can get you into trouble. Look at the NFC Championship game. He had 45 yards at the half against a very good San Francisco run defense. But two things worked against him in terms of why he didn't run for more in the game. One, he suffered a shoulder injury that limited his time on the field, although he did come back. And two, the Rams were trailing late in the game, which means they pretty much abandoned the run and were throwing it all over the field. If you believe the Rams win this game, they're going to be able to run the ball late. Cam Akers had a lot of success against San Francisco, and that is a stout run defense. The Bengals ranked 21st in the NFL in opponent yards per rushing attempt, and they let Kansas City run for 5.8 yards per carry in the AFC Championship game for a buck 38. That's the Chiefs who rarely run the football. So keep that in mind. Cincinnati is going to have to defend the run in this game, and I think the Rams have an excellent opportunity to not only establish the run with Akers, but to use that to set up their play-action pass late in the game. Which brings me to the last storyline. And I think you just kind of dovetailed into it beautifully. I think a lot of that run game had to do with the fact that Cincinnati would have been more comfortable with Kansas City trying to beat them on the ground than beating them with explosive plays. And we saw the defense for Cincinnati play exceptionally better in the second half of that game. They made plays all over the place. And, Joe, I... I'm very much of the opinion that the the single best free agent signing that we have seen over the last couple of years really would be Trey Hendrickson. He has done a great job 
for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. He has delivered for them when they needed somebody who was a dominant pass rusher. He has been just that, and that has my attention this week. Like we talk about the Rams' pass rush, what is it going to look like with Trey Hendrickson, who had one and a half sacks in the AFC Championship game? I believe this is exactly why you're seeing the total, also known as the over-under, dropping in this game. Opened in Vegas around 50 and a half. It's down to 48 and a half. Professionals don't hit the under in the Super Bowl early. It's very rare. They usually wait until late because they know the public is going to come in and bet the over so they'll get a better price. They pounced on the under, and I believe the key reason for that is that both defensive lines have an advantage over the opposing offensive line. And if you are able to control the the line of scrimmage on defense, you're able to limit the other teams, running attack and passing attack. If you're Cincinnati, you hit on this note. You come into this game, what's your focal point defensively? Trying to limit the NFL's fifth-ranked passing attack or trying to limit the NFL's 25th-ranked rushing attack? I think they're going to try to slow down the pass. Play nickel, play dime, and ultimately that's going to open up the underneath running lanes for the Rams to take advantage of. The question is whether or not McVay tries to exploit it early in the game to ease Stafford into the biggest game of his career. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. The LA Rams haven't won a Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals haven't won a Super Bowl. How will pressure play into this game? And who's feeling more of it? You've got the most sacked quarterback against the most intercepted quarterback. When you get down to the stretch run like this around the city, it's pretty exciting to see the Super Bowl everywhere. We got one more. We know it's going to be a great challenge. Here we are playing in the Super Bowl, one game away from our dreams. One of them is going to be really happy. I'm itching. I'm itching. We're getting there. I am very excited. It's Chris Carlin. It is Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio filling in for Greeny today. And, Joe, there is pressure on one guy that hasn't gotten a whole lot of attention of needing pressure. You know who has not had a good postseason who is a big factor in this game? Who's that? Sean McVay. Sean McVay did not have a great NFC championship game by any stretch. And, frankly, it was the inadequacy of... Kyle Shanahan that kind of outdid him. I don't think he has handled games great, and I do think there is the aspect of 
thinking back to a couple of years ago, what happened against Bill Belichick. Some have argued that he was maybe in awe of Belichick when the Rams were taking on the Patriots and was just completely out of whack in that game. He's got an awful lot to prove here. This is a big spot for Sean McVay, not just because he went out and traded the farm to get Matthew Stafford, but because McVay has been regarded as this genius coach. And here's another opportunity to prove it in the biggest of spots. This shows just how lofty the expectations are when you want to be in that upper tier of consideration at either the quarterback position, the head coach position, whatever it may be. Sean McVay, since he entered the NFL as a head coach, has produced a winning record every single year. He's been to the playoffs every year but one. The year he didn't go, his team went 9-7, and seven, so he still produced a winning record. He's now been to the Super Bowl twice, and he's produced a litany of assistant head coaches who have gone on to have successful careers, right? He has done an excellent job, but... You make an interesting point, and it's a valid one. What are we going to say about McVeigh if he comes into this game as a favorite, playing in his home stadium with a loaded roster, and comes up short yet again? What's going to be the talking point? I still think he's an excellent head coach, but there is room for improvement. He is very liberal with his use of timeouts. I mean, this guy will burn timeouts at any stage of the game for seemingly reasons that other coaches would not. His challenging comes into play at times when you wonder, why are you challenging one yard? Why are you challenging a situation that a lot of us on Couldn't believe what was going on last week with that. Exactly. I mean, there are a lot of questions about the challenging, the game management, the way he was managing the game against the Packers when they were getting the doors blown off him. There are questions there. But he is also excellent at drawing up plays and scheming players open. I mean, my God, how does Cooper Cup continue to get that wide open on that many plays against the Niners? The Niners have played him three times that year. The Niners know that this guy is the best and most prolific wide receiver in the NFL right now, and yet seemingly he was getting one-on-one matchups against linebackers who couldn't come close to covering him. So while he has done an excellent job since he has been in the NFL, he does enter Super Bowl 56 with one last thing to accomplish before people can truly buy into the fact that he is one of the game's greats. And he was asked this week about learning from that Super Bowl loss. Here he is. You look at yourself in the mirror, you take accountability, and then you keep it moving. Uh, You know, I, I think as a competitor, you have to be able to handle those tough moments and uh, I'll never run away from the fact that I didn't do a good enough job for our team, um, you know, within what I feel like, you know, my role and responsibility is to these guys. I don't think you press, uh, you know, when you do get another opportunity to be in this moment in this stage again. I think you, you look at it as a blessing. You take some of those learning lessons, you apply them, and, and let's go cut it loose and play to the best of our ability, and we'll co- and I'll coach to the best of my ability with our coaches as well. It's interesting that he brought up pressing there because that's what it felt like last week. That's what it felt like in the NFC Championship game that he was pressing. I think Troy Aikman even brought it up on the broadcast at one point that he felt like Sean McVay was chasing it a little bit against the 49ers. Well, I think the history against Shanahan and the 49ers played a little bit of an effect there as well because that's been McVay's biggest issue. That's been his biggest obstacle, trying to get past Kyle Shanahan, who he came up with in Washington underneath Kyle's father, 
uh, Mike Shanahan. You know, Shanahan knows him inside and out. And it's a reason he had beat him six straight. Like I said earlier, five is an underdog. The Niners had their number, but McVay found a way past it. And I wasn't the least bit surprised to see him pressing because against everyone else, for the most part, he's got to feel relatively confident in his skills as a head coach against the guy he's facing. But against Shanahan, for some reason, the guy has had his number. So he got over the hump and now he enters a matchup where from an offensive standpoint, this is as good as it gets. This is as good. This is not the Tampa Bay defense. This is not the San Francisco defense. You can hang a number against these guys. And defensively, if you can find a way to get one or two more stops, you should be in a position where you are hosting the Vince Lombardi trophy. Losing to Belichick is one thing. Everybody's lost to Belichick. And you were a young coach at the time and you were an underdog. But in this situation here, as a favorite in your home stadium with the pedigree against the younger coach and Zach Taylor, who has no Super Bowl experience, you got to ask yourself, what happens if you come up short here? Still an excellent coach, still an excellent track record, but again, the greatest of the great have to deliver on the biggest of stages underneath the brightest of lights, and that's where McVay needs to get over the hump in this matchup. Teacher needs to beat the pupil. Has to. Has to in this spot, and people will point to this, and it's legitimate. There is the magic factor, and there is no escaping that Joe Burrow has had the magic factor to him this year, especially late in the season, can that carry them over? It is it is amazing to watch that play out, and it is amazing to watch McVay play out, especially with Matthew Stafford. Because one last thing on this. I was told before the beginning of the year with pe- from people with the Rams, look, Matthew Stafford is going to be terrific for us. We really believe that. But when he has the bad game, it's going to be an awful game. It's going to be one of those games that really gets away from him. Will he avoid that in this game that he has been trying to get to for his entire career and understands that it is the singular reason that he is a member of the Rams? I am fascinated to watch that. Absolutely. It is Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh on ESPN Radio, filling in for Greeny in just moments. Oh, it's time to make money. It's time to make money. Yeah, buddy. It's the props. It's the predictions. It's everything you need. But we want to know what your props are. What are the props that you are betting on for Super Bowl 56? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And you heard earlier in the week of a $4.5 million bet coming in on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, somebody has placed an even larger bet, the largest legal bet of all time. And they've done it on the Cincinnati Bengals as well. Greeny, the podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Down the sideline. Wide open is Jamar Chase. Forget about it. Oh, Fun. It's a Joe Burrow thing. When you have what he has, this young and this soon in his career, a lot of people want a piece of that. Night and day from the first half of the season, you know, I've really started to, to come into my own in that sense, making plays, extending plays. We all know, those of us who have been in the league long enough, you just have to get hot at the right time. First thing I'm thinking about if I'm Cincinnati is how to protect Joe Burrow. I don't think the moment's going to be too big for him. The moment comes... Let's say in about 55 hours or so, or 54 hours, 6.30 Eastern Time, Sunday night, Super Bowl 56, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Matthew Stafford and the Rams, and it is time to make money. Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. We get to our prop bets and your prop bets in just 30 seconds. Cutting the price of your wireless bill feels good. Really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try. So, cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless. Now offering over 40 or our $45 silver unlimited plan with 5 gigabytes of hotspot. Hotspot, boy, I can speak today. And nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. The $45 silver unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. A month equals 30 days. See terms and conditions at straighttalk.com. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Just because they deserve it. $45 silver unlimited plan, 5 gigabytes of hotspot. Get it done. Chris Carlin and Joe Fortenbaugh for Greeny. It is time for the prop bets. Joe, let's get a little music. Let's get a little NFL music going. It is time for us to make some money. I, I live for the prop bets on Sunday. I absolutely live for them. I've got plenty of them in already. You're always good for a couple. I'm going to start. I'm going to take the bull by the horns here, and I'm going completely off the board because I am this guy. I am the guy that will pay attention to the trends when it comes to the national anthem. And we are at 95 seconds for the over-under on the national anthem that will be performed by Mickey Guyton. Mickey Guyton's timed performances before have generally hit the under. His her last 15. But of late Super Bowl uh, national anthem performances have hit the over pretty consistently. Give me the over, Joe. 
Oh, I got to tell you something. Uh, quick story. The largest bet I ever made and coincidentally won in my life was on the national anthem when Pink sang right before the Eagles beat the Patriots. You might ask, how could the largest bet of your life as a better be on the national anthem? <laughs> well, back in the day, there used to maybe be a person or two who was privy to the national anthem rehearsal times, which were either the Friday or Saturday before the game. There would be three to five rehearsals sung. The individual would time those and the word would go out and the bets would be made. Now, the word is out on this. The bookmakers know it's coming. They have limited your action or taken the prop away entirely. But there were a few years there where that was the most beatable, sure thing in the business. So good luck to you, sir. There's nothing like a nice national anthem sweat. First prop bet for me, going to get into the game. Matthew Stafford over two and a half rushing attempts. Yes, rushing attempts. Wow. Stafford has been a completely different player in the postseason than he has been in the regular season. Regular season, he averaged 1.8 carries per game. Guy didn't run the ball. In the playoffs, he's run the ball four or more times in all three playoff games. He hears what talking heads like you and I say about his legacy. He knows what's at stake, and he's been scrambling and making plays when the defense gives him the opportunity. But wait, there's more. It's not just about the scrambles. Quarterback sneaks are rushing attempts as are kneel downs at the end of the game. And if Stafford is in a position where his team is up and they're trying to drain the clock and the Bengals are out of timeouts, he takes a knee or two. Those are rushing attempts. Matthew Stafford over two and a half rushing attempts in Super Bowl 56. Wow. Wow. You got me thinking. I like that. 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Let's get some of yours. Ron in Nevada. Ron, prop bet. What do you got? Your bet for Sunday is... Okay, we're going to be real quick. Um, that there won't be a score in the first six minutes. I for, it was minus something. Uh, I think there's been a trend of no scoring in the in the first six minutes. So by the 8:59 mark, hopefully we're cashing in. And then for a field goal or an extra point to hit the upright, something outrageous like plus three or four bucks, we're going to throw a hundred dollars on it. Ooh, <laughs> for one to hit the upright, that the is interesting. Now. I tell I'll you, tell we, you this. I agree with the no score in the first five and a half minutes. The first quarter is the lowest scoring quarter in the Super Bowl. If the Bengals get the ball first, they start slow. They scored a touchdown on their first drive in only three of 20 games this season. And going against that Rams defense, I could see them getting stopped. Conversely, if the Rams get the ball first, I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted to run the ball early against the Bengal defense that should be defending the pass, which could lead to a longer drive, thus an over, even if the Rams score in the first quarter. Okay, to me. The first quarter, I will take the Rams minus a half a point at the end of the first quarter. I believe that the Rams will get off to a good start and will have a lead at the end of the first quarter. This is one of my surest feelings of the day with the Rams going minus a half a point on the first quarter. I like that. So you want to get a nice little sweat in early. Good for you. The Rams have started fast. I believe they've scored a they've been the first team to score in each of their last four games. They've been strong in the playoffs early in the first half. All right, prop number two for me. When you think about excitement, you think about time of possession. I'm going to bet that the Rams have more time of possession in this game than the Bengals. Yes, there's nothing like watching the clock on Super Bowl Sunday to see who has the ball longer. LA has held the ball for 34 or more minutes in all three playoff games. 
so far this postseason. And they were in some tight ones against Tampa and San Francisco. I think they're going to be able to run the ball in this game. And if you're able to run the ball successfully, you control the tempo of the game, you control the clock, you are able to eat up that clock and work towards winning this bet. I also think there's a very good chance the Rams are winning late in the game, which means the Bengals are going hurry up and the Rams are trying to grind out the clock. So based on the recent history of what the Rams have done in the postseason, plus the game script for how I see this matchup playing out, the Rams at minus 120, a little bit of juice here, that means risk 120 to win 100. I believe the Rams will have more time of possession than the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, Bobby in New Jersey, your turn. What is your prop bet on the Super Bowl? Go. How's it going, guys? Happy Friday. I completely agree how you guys think the game's going to go. I've been on the Rams giving uh, minus 12 and a half the alternate spread Woo! at plus 240. I love that. I think Cam Akers is going to start off hot and run all over him. I have him getting over 28 and a half rushing yards in the first half. That's my biggest lock of the game. I also see him scoring twice, two touchdowns at plus 550. Ooh. And because I see the Rams dominating on the run, biggest one, I think Jamar Chase is going to have the most receiving yards to end the game with plus 400. Thanks, guys. Wow, Atta he took boy. some real shots there. That's a healthy, healthy card right there, sir. Thank you for sharing with us. That, that, that was impressive. I don't know that it's going to pay off. I don't know <laughs> that it's going to pay off. Sometimes you look at the odds, you're like, how could I not do this? And you find out later, that's how you could not do that when you get burned. Buy yourself a little insurance here. For those people who like Cam Akers to have a big game, which I believe as well, I'm going over 63 and a half rushing yards, but I would say get yourself a little insurance if... If some of the rumors are true that Sony Michelle could get more carries in this game, Sony Michelle's rushing yardage prop is only 14 and a half yards. If the case comes down to them getting more of a split with the workload, Michelle's likely to go over 14 and a half yards. Get yourself some insurance on those acres overs bets. Okay, this is where Mr. McLaughlin pays a visit. That's right, Lockadini time. <laughs> that is where we are headed, and it involves Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup over 105 and a half yards. You're going to say, that's crazy. It's an absurd number. Every time we think that Cooper Cup is not going to be able to get to such a high number, he delivers. I am absolutely riding the Cooper Cup train all the way to payday. Cooper Cup at over 105 and a half yards little bit of juice at minus 115. That's going to be a popular one. You might want to get some insurance as well. In the event that Cincinnati's defense puts a ton of attention on Cup, Odell Beckham over 62.5 receiving yards sounds like a really nice play as well. But it's tough to slow down Cup. Even when the Niners knew it was coming, the guy still lit him up and tore him to shreds. I'll give you a first touchdown prop, one that has a little bit of excitement to it. Kendall Blanton, Rams tight end, 15 to 1 to score the first TD. Mm. I believe the Rams will start fast and that they That's will score the first That's a spicy meatball oh, right yeah. there. Well, I want to build a portfolio of Rams players to score the first TD because I think they're going to get in first. I already have Akers at just under 7 to 1. I'm probably going to look at Beckham at plus 750, plus 800. Bland's interesting because at 15 to 1, you look at his stats and go, why would you want to bet this guy? Tyler Higby might not play in this game. He got injured in the NFC Championship game. 
Blanton stepped in and caught five passes for 57 yards against the Niners. In this matchup, if Higby can't go, Blanton's going to be the guy. And when you get down near the goal line, if we're talking about throwing the football, of which the Rams have scored through the air, I believe, in all their playoff games and their final game of the season against the Niners, you're going to have a situation where there's a lot of attention on Cup, there's a lot of attention on Beckham. Blanton could find a very favorable matchup. So first TD prop, Rams tight end, Kendall Blanton, 15-1. to Mark in Jersey, up next. Mark, what's your prop? What do you got for us? Roll. How you doing, guys? Good. Uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going two different ways here. I'm going uh, correct score the first way. I'm going uh, Bengals thirty, Rams twenty eight, and then I'm uh, going anytime touchdown props. I'm doing Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham Jr., Joe Mixon, and Jamar Chase. What do you think? Healthy. Your evaluation, Joe. Healthy. Um, ah. Those are a lot of the popular options. I would say this: if you're going to play a lot of anytime touchdown props. The early money in this game did come in on the over. All right, the over open, the over under opened around 50 and a half. The smart guys came in and bet that thing down to 48 and a half. So if you want to follow the smart money, the indication is that this could be a lower scoring game. And if it's a lower scoring game, that obviously implies there would be less touchdown scored than in a higher scoring game. Yes, I know we're really breaking all of Newton's laws here with this analysis. But the point remains, if you believe it's a higher scoring game, then get involved in that stuff. I mean, of all the names you just laid out, you're not going to need them all to hit to turn a profit. So nothing against it. Nothing against it at all. Mix in your prop bets right now. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We're getting them in. It's Chris Carlin, Joe Fortenbaugh, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Okay, one more for me. When it comes to yardage, I am going Joe Mixon under 60.5 yards rushing. That is minus 105. And, yes, he had 88 against Kansas City, But if you look at the trends lately, since early December, he has gone over 60 yards rushing just twice. And that was against Kansas City, and that was against Baltimore, where he had 65 yards on 18 carries. Give me Joe Mixon under 60 and a half yards against that uh, Rams front. Yeah, if you believe the Rams are going to get it done in this game, then the idea of Mixon running the ball late in the game is probably off the table. And keep in mind, Pirine stepped in in the AFC Championship game, caught a lot of passes, and took some of the workload there as well. So that's got to be factored in. I'll throw another prop your way. It's a Matthew Stafford prop. The over-under on his longest completion is a very healthy 39.5 yards. Mm. I'm going to play the over. No quarterback in the NFL had more completions of 40 or more yards this season than Stafford. 18. The next closest was a tie at 15 between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, believe it or not. Now, this is a big play offense, but what I think happens in this game is that the Rams are able to run early. And if you're able to run early, you're either going to keep running with a lot of success, hint, hint, Cam Akers, or eventually the Bengals are going to have to make some adjustments and creep up towards the line of scrimmage. And that is when Sean McVay will break out the play-action passing attack. And that is when you'll see some deep shots down the field to either Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, Van Jefferson, or all three in some way, shape, or form. So Matthew Stafford, over 39 and a half yards for his longest completion in Super Bowl 56. Ken in Connecticut, your prop bet. Go, you're next. What's up, guys? So I got a three-team parlay, and I know, Joe, you always recommend against going more than two, but 
What I'm thinking is the Rams money line, Joe Mixon, anytime touchdown, which I'm nervous about because I think that they're going to end up losing big. And then finally, Odell Beckham Jr., anytime touchdown. Well, the first thing I would say is if you're nervous about one of the legs, you probably shouldn't make the bet because you should feel confident in all the legs. Nothing against the parlay. Obviously, they exist for a reason. Bookmakers love people coming in making parlays. Same game parlays have become quite popular as they've become more uh, offered. They've become offered in more shops with the rise of legalized sports betting. But yeah, that's one way to play it. If you like the Rams and you don't want to lay the four points, you do have a situation where you can do one of two things. You could parlay it with something else that you see happening, or you could play Matthew Stafford to win the MVP. What is the likelihood, in your opinion, that the Rams win the Super Bowl, but Stafford doesn't win the MVP? The quarterback has won it, I believe, in nine of the last 12 years, and the quarterback's won 56% lifetime in all 55 Super Bowls. So it's possible it's Aaron Donald. It's possible it's Cooper Cup. But if you don't want to lay the four and you like the idea of Stafford winning the MVP or the Rams winning the game, play Stafford to win the MVP because it's a much better price. Or you could tie it in with an NBA game on Sunday if you wanted to. (laughs) Meanwhile, the NBA is on ESPN Radio tomorrow night. The Warriors hosting the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. Okay, you just named my guys for MVP. I have got Aaron Donald. With uh, let's call it two and a half units on Aaron Donald at plus sixteen hundred, <laughs> I am taking a shot, but I like my chances there. It's a calculated chance. Cooper Cup at plus five fifty, I think, is tremendous value. And then, just because, and granted, I called that Cincinnati uh, Kansas City game. Jamar Chase may not go off for two sixty, but at plus twenty two hundred, I had to put a unit down on Jamar Chase. Not a lot I love in the MVP market. I do like the Donald play. I would say there's an opportunity there for you if you like the Bengals to win this game. The Bengals have started slow throughout the season. The Rams start fast. If there's an opportunity where the Rams start fast and the Bengals start slow and you still believe in them making making it back and winning the game, Joe Burrow's live odds to win the MVP would probably be worth playing because they won't be what they are now. They'll be adjusted when he's down, and you might be able to get a better price with a comeback, so keep that in mind. Okay, we have one minute. Ray in Atlantic City, your bet. You've got 10 seconds for it. Go. Okay, uh, I had a future bet at the beginning of the season on uh, Labor Day, the Rams to win the Super Bowl, 18-1. to 1. I'm going to play that. I've been playing that with five NCAA basketball teams to win the tournament. They're in the top 10, also with the Warriors in a future part. Dude, like you're loco. You're out there. You're gone. I appreciate it, Ray. That's crazy. All right, the game and the total. I've got the Rams minus four, and give me the over, Joe. I'm laying the points with the Rams as well. I think this is the best defense the Bengals have faced all season. Conversely, for the Rams, this is not a tough defensive challenge considering what they faced in the playoffs. I lean to the over, but the sharp money is on the under. That would be a small play for me. So at this point, if you had to go for 48 and a half, you don't like it? If I have to go for it on what? You have to go over 48 and a half? Uh, 48 a small wager on the over, yes. Bingo. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.